You're tuning in to the Copacetic Hour. This is the Copacetic Hour. Why don't you just chill? Why don't you just chill? Why don't you just chill? Yes, this is the copacetic hour. Copacetic is a term meaning everything is fine, cool, and in excellent order. This podcast is an area for open discussion, but not for the weak-hearted nor the simple-minded. And although we may not always agree, we will always exemplify respect. But at the same time, nobody, and I do mean nobody, is exempt from getting these jokes. Everything is copacetic. Yes, this is the Copacetic Hour, episode 38. How's everybody doing today? What's good? What's good? What's good? That's what's up. That's what's up. Go ahead and introduce yourself. What's up, everybody? I'm your girl, Nunu. I am the founder of the newsstand where we are serving nothing but positivity, positive content, curating positive images of black people, and also the the owner of Positively Pretty, McLash Brand. Get at you, girl. Facts. I'm Imani. I'm the founder of Mommy's Break. Um, it's a nonprofit based in Atlanta. I'm also the author of Imani Means Faith, which will be released this upcoming December. Um, follow me on Instagram underscore Imani Watson. And my first name is spelled I-M-A-N-I. Facts. Girl, Sonata. I am the owner of Mood Swigs. I'm a bartending. You can follow me on Twitter at ByCY. Um, yeah, happy to be here. What's going on, man? It's your boy DQ, man. I'm the owner of Dream Living Group Homes, um, located here in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Snapchat, DQ underscore 11. Hi, my name is Alicia. Um, here in Detroit, just happy to be a part of this. Facts. I'm Sonny, owner of Lifestyles Apparel. You can find me at uh, at Lifestyles Apparel. With a Z, lifestyles with a Z at the end, not an S on Instagram, Facebook, www.lifestylesapparel.com. Facts. Now let's jump right into it. So this podcast got a little more people than usual because, you know, we're going to get into some deep topics this week. I feel like shit is going on and we need to keep it real with the youngsters out here. You know what I'm saying? Drop some knowledge. So this podcast is going to be about choices today. I want you guys to name a time where you made a wrong choice and explain what happened and then name a time where you made a correct choice and explain how that turned out as well. All right. So in high school, I never actually got in trouble for anything. Although I did put myself in a lot of situations that I could have been in trouble, you know, I used to have a friend who used to hide drugs in my locker in high school. Mm. You know, all type of things. I used to, I, um, I used to have another friend where I crushed up vitamins and we used to go sell them to fiends. Um, I've been drinking since I was like 14 because I've, I've been this same height since sixth grade, you know, I used to go into the, the liquor store and I was able to buy liquor and I've been having, and I was having ragers at my house, having stupid parties. You know what I'm saying? Thank God nobody got hurt. Nobody got sexually assaulted. 
Nobody crashed a home drunk driving. You know what I'm saying? So I was fortunate to outlive all these bad decisions that I made. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I've I've done fake drugs. I've bought liquor illegally. I've, shit, I didn't have orgies at the crib, all type of shit. Like, I've done a, a whole lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? And I'm... I'm thankful that none of those things came to bite me in the past. You know what I'm saying? You selling fiends fucking vitamin C, you know what I'm saying? Ch- chopped up and powder selling it to them and shit. And they like, they what? what is this? What is this? Like, nigga. You might the person doing it. Yeah, and they could have came back and found you and been like, hey. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That could have yeah. got my ass. It's two sides to that, I feel like. What do you mean? You could have saved somebody. That's like, true. Imagine, Very I'm true. A I'm a fiend, and I'm fiending. You serve me this or whatever, this is a, a fucking vitamin C tablet or some shit. Mm-hmm. Damn, I'm going to think about this shit like that. Do I really need to be you know what I mean? Hell or yeah. it ain't like you services. It ain't like you serving some fake dope to some niggas, and like they really out here serving somebody for real, for real. Yeah, like, ain't yeah. nothing going to happen to you. But it's wow. really probably turned out best that you were selling the fake note. I was boosting their immune system. Hey, <laughs> 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 you saved some life. That's why they came back. But hey, you never know. Like if that, if it would have been a real rock, nigga could have overdosed or died. You it probably saved them. That's what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Bro, you are giving niggas chemical imbalances, bro. For real. <laughs> for real, bro. You you could you could have killed the nigga off the vitamin C for real. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, you tripping, so you know, thank God, none of that ever took back on me or vitamin A. I don't know. Some it was some shit that can't hurt you, nigga. You can't drink too much Gatorade. They doing drugs though, they body is immune to that. That's why you can't just like mm-hmm. quit drugs. That's why they gotta like go down, tear them down. They give you, yeah, them. they give yeah. you drugs to weed off of them. And the crazy right. shit, stop doing no drugs. So if they come into you, just they they come to you for three weeks straight. That's right. three weeks. They ain't had no real drugs. They mm-hmm. can fucking die. They can yeah. die from that. Yeah, they can die from that. Yeah. And the crazy shit is, at the time, being so immature and crazy. I didn't even think that shit was illegal. You know what I'm saying? Really? I swear, I had no idea. But, but because you felt like it's not like an illegal narcotic or yeah, no weed, it's like not selling anything and it, and not actually selling what, what it you're is. Saying. Yeah, it's, it's illegal. illegal. Yeah, yeah. But at that time, though, I'm thinking like, ah, oh, this it's just we take this shit all the time. It's not nothing. You know what I'm saying? But you just being stupid. You know what I'm saying? You didn't know. I think the best decision that I ever made at that time was to get out of my city, to to go to Alabama and go to college. I feel like that's probably everybody around me was like dying. Niggas is going to jail. People getting shot. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think the best decision I made was to leave. Although I think that if I wouldn't have left, my rap career probably would have took off. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> but, but here you go. I was I had bars, but another another local rapper, right? Freestyle session on the, uh, at, at the end of this. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the best decision out of all the stupid shit I did is that I went down to Alabama. I went to college, 
And I was down in that bitch by myself. You know what I'm saying? In the HBCU. Living in the projects. You know what I'm saying? Because for whatever reason, my dorm was in the projects. Literally. I don't know why I didn't understand it was really that bad back then. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. And most of most of all the black college campuses, they yeah. be in in the projects. In the hood. Yeah. Right, they still yeah, smack in the hood. Yeah. Still Especially um like Florida Memorial in Miami. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's right in Opalaka. Like right there. Mm-hmm. I just graduated from Clark in May. And I'm telling you, in May it was that's the hoodest part of the I used to be at Clark all the time. Right there. They closed the projects. When I was there, the projects were still up. Yeah, the project all the projects have tore down now. They just tore down the last ones, so they're all gone now. But it's still hood, it's it's abandoned houses. It looked like Detroit by Clark. It's so fucked up over there. Yep. Definitely. You wouldn't even think it's a big ass university. Well, not a university, but a private school. You wouldn't even think it's right. And you wouldn't even think it's in the middle of it. Like really three of them though, because it's Spelman Spelman. and our house too. Your house, yep. Now me going down there taught me that, you know, it's more shit around than just Battle Creek. You know what I'm saying? And I had to learn little simple shit. I had to learn how to survive by myself. You know what I'm saying? Even little shit like, nigga, my mom washed my clothes when I was in high school. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had to learn, like, how to wash clothes, how to budget my money. You ain't getting no money, nigga. You know what I'm saying? You down here by yourself. So if you fuck up your money for this month, that's it. You ain't got no money. You're going to be, you know, begging niggas for noodles and shit or some shit. God damn it. Trying to win some money in a dice game. You got them. So out of all the, the shit, I think, I think my breaking moment in my life was choosing to go to school to go to college. Cause I didn't even get accepted to Alabama state until like maybe two, three weeks before the school was starting. I got my letter to go to Alabama State because I wasn't even finna go to college. Shit was crazy. So was that one of your good choice that you made? Yeah, I feel like that's my good choice that I made. That was the best choice. Mm -hmm. Choosing to leave your your environment, basically, your your comfort Mm -hmm. in order to grow. That was one of my best choices in life, too. Mine's as well, to be honest. To be completely honest. And I, I, I did it, like, basically just like you, even though... I was done with undergrad college. I, you know, I had been through that broke stage of life, but I was still like moving like across the country. And then I had a kid and I was by myself and I was scared, but that was like one of the best, the best things I've ever decided to do. Getting away from everything that made me comfortable. Cause it was a real, like, like it just really forces you into like a different space in life, like because you you don't got no choice but to go this way. Like life is pushing you away, so shit, you don't got no choice. Like you can't fly home every other weekend and be in your comfort zones, so shit. Facts. Yeah, I was stuck in that bitch. I only went home, shit, Christmas break, shit, basically, summer, Christmas break and summer. Wasn't no holidays. Wasn't none of that shit. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. You know I mean? I'm from Ben Harbor, and I went to school in Kalamazoo, so it was easy for me to get home. But after I did undergrad, I moved to Miami. And that's when the real shit, yes. that grown-up shit, really happened. I couldn't make it home for holidays sometimes. Oh, my God, do you know how that feel? Then my nieces was born, just missing significant milestones in my family's life. Just then, it was hard, but moving was one of the best decisions that I made. Yes. I swear I had the same experience because I went to Grand Valley for undergrad and I, I was like, 
I'm from Chicago, but I spent most of my life in Kalamazoo. So I was close to both places. I was back right. and forth, literally. Me and my son's father, we laugh about it now. Like, that's why we were so fucking broke. We drove to Kalamazoo in Chicago every fucking weekend from Grand Rapids or Allendale when I was living out there. And that, like, I was going home all the time. So I moved to Georgia and I couldn't go home. Right. And then, like you said, my brother had two kids. I'm here. I'm just like, this is, it's a real test. That's what it is. It's like, it's a test, but it was the best, like you said, best choice I ever made. Best. What about you, Sinead? What are some bad choices that you made in life? Um, not choosing myself. Um, oh, sister. <laughs> my loyalty and my selflessness, um, has put me into predicaments that have definitely affected my life. Okay. Um, just trying to be there for people and not understanding that people can't be there for me. Just learning how to choose myself. A lot of that is being an only child, like my childhood dynamic and like, you know, how I grew up, how I was raised, how I was taught to be a person and things of that sort. Okay. So learning just basically just how to be a person in the world though. You know what I mean? When you grow up as a child, you only know your dynamic. You only know home. Like I'm, I'm sitting in my childhood home right now. Okay. And this is like, I'll be going through shit because I left here for what, nine years. Right. And like my world, my life changed in 2020. So yeah. like even being in my childhood home, it just be a lot of shit. Like my mother's no longer alive. I'm going through life trying to figure out things. And it's like, I look back at some of those bad decisions that I made or, you know what I mean? People tell you, you know, what's right. But we choose to go left. You know what I mean? Your parents, yeah, give you the tools. You have people that, you know, older people that come into life as far as mentees or mentors or whatever, um, coaches. Um, when you, that, fir- that first freshman seminar that you sit down to at your college university, whatever, they tell you, you know what I mean, what you're here for. But it's up to you to actually perform. It's up to you to be successful. It's up to you to choose to go right when left is right here. You know what I mean? Right. So it's just, I've come to surface with a lot of my bad decisions as far as just not being selfish, like knowing that, hey, this is, this is what's here. It's what you got, but oh, so and so need me to do this, and if I sacrifice this, this might happen. Like, nah, just kind of just like just having to come to terms with my, just being real with myself. Like, hey, you made some bad decisions, and it, you don't don't nobody owe you. It ain't nobody else's fault. You did that. Like, I had an awesome mother. She gave me all the tools. She showed me all type of shit. She was an educator. She was offered to the community. Like, I know everything. But I chose to do other things. And she would even just sit back and just be like, okay. You know what I mean? So I've had to come to terms with a lot of just, um, and some of it, it's not even just being, I can say this, some of it was just even being selfish. Me thinking that, hey, if I play this certain position, if I do this or whatever, that this is going to be returned onto me. That's not life. Mm-hmm. So it's best to just do what's right. Do, you know, what you know you're supposed to be doing. Be yourself. And you never know what's going to come to you when you actually just doing the right things, walking your own path, doing what you're supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? If you're supposed to be the cook, be the cook. Don't try to be the maid and the cook. You know what I mean? Nice. It ain't your job. You know? Yeah. So I just learning to just come to terms with just life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just, just being real with self. That's deep. Yeah. What about you, Sonny? I mean, like, like start with the bad. It's so much bad, though, but... <laughs> Most most of my bad is illegal. I won't go into like no uh, details, but it's really 
I don't know, like you know, you was around me, so yeah, it's just you already seen. Like I just at an early age, I took a a path. I ain't have to. I could have did. I could have did like E. I could have went to school. Yeah, and all of that got away. I should have did that and got away from where I was at. Instead of going down the route I was going down, but I got, you know, I got sidetracked. I lost my mom's before 15 and stuff. I didn't care about a lot of stuff. So I wasn't really, I, my whole mental was different. Like it was, it was, I wasn't caring about all of that no more. And I could have did all of that. Like I was like, you know, so. Facts. But like, it took a lot. It took a lot for me to learn and get straight and, and think about the positive out of everything I did for getting locked up. I had kids and, and a lot of stuff. So I could uh, start thinking about more than just myself. Really though, cause a lot, that's where all my decisions was just leading. You already know, jail, dead, and, and everybody around me the same way. So, it, and it, it really took me, you know, seeing my daughter and, and crying and stuff like that to really make me start wanting to, you know, switch up, get in a different lane than what I was doing. It took a lot. It took a minute. You know it took a minute. You know me. So, <laughs> it's so much. I'm like, we can go. It's so much we can talk about. We can go into, but. I didn't know how deep you wanted to get. Like, that's why I'm like. I, I figured some stuff so you could talk about because it's over. Like you, you wouldn't serve your time. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's done. But that's up to you, though. I would say. I mean, the biggest thing, my biggest problem out of so much stuff was just my was hustling. You know. Yeah. So I couldn't. I ain't want to stop hustling. I ain't want to give up my. You know that type of lifestyle, and it fucked me over. But <laughs> I had to learn. That's just how I had to learn. I had to bump my head to learn. I had to go through what I went through and see. You know, I got. I'm. I'm lucky to be here right now. So that's why I'm like the best move I made. Like that's what I'm saying. Just like with this business stuff, I was already. I was already on this and already thinking about yeah. the business and already invested into being a businessman and getting out the streets and stuff like that. But I, I was stuck in my lifestyle. I was stuck in it, so I never really put a hundred percent time into it i wasn't even putting 30 percent time in. i'm putting just little time in and i got you know my sister was on my head she's on my neck and stuff she wanted me out bad but I, I was i was doing what i do so that's what i'm saying all of that hurting the people that's close to you you know it made me it made me uh you know get right and you know at, like as far as after going through all of that back to back and stuff like once i finally did take the time like luckily I had already planted the seeds and everything was already started as far as the, the, the business that I'm doing now, everything was already like in motion and I just slowed it down by, you know, going through all my stuff. But once I got out, well, I still had problems after that, but after that, <laughs> once I really was a hundred percent in, you know, doing what I'm doing though, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like that's the best thing I ever, I ever could have did, you know, and now I'm away nice. from home. And 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 that's even better, you know. So that's the best thing I could do is be focused on what I'm focused on now because I, I would have been further. I would have been further in the right way, in the right direction than the wrong direction. Like I waste I just feel like I wasted a lot of time because I you know, everything I was doing then it got took away. Everything, you know, yeah. I was doing a lot of a lot of shit that could get snatched from you and stuff. And now I got stuff going where you you know, you can't just take it from me. So I'm actually building some, you know, something that I can teach my kids and yeah. you know and and the people under me and and uh little cousins and all of that to you know so they can they can get on that same thing and help them because 
we didn't took a lot of L's. So. I remember, so me and this nigga, right, we just, we said funny shit to each other every day, right? Every single day. So I'm writing this nigga, it's, it's like four days it went by, this nigga ain't wrote back. I'm like, I write his sister, like, what's going on? He was like, yeah, he ain't going to be writing you for a few days, <laughs> for a minute. I'm like, oh, God damn it. Shit. It was supposed to be a minute, minute. Right. You wasn't gonna hear me for a minute. But I knew, hey, and it was funny though, because uh, that's what I'm saying. They, I asked about you. Then I asked about you, and it's like, oh, he just, he just wrote and asked about you and stuff. Because I was like, he probably think it. I'm like, he been uh, hit me up every day. <laughs> it was a minute went by. I'm like, he probably thinking where he at. But I'm like, he probably, he should know. He should know something went left. Because yeah. I was kind of telling you, you know, I was getting right, mm-hmm. but I was telling you, I still had, you know, you can't. You can't uh dip from your past. You yeah, know, so. you, gotta, you gotta. It catches up to you. You know what I'm saying? For sure. What about you, Nunu? Bad decision. I think that my worst decision was really not speaking up for myself. Okay. And allowing myself to have bad company and shit around me, okay. trying to see the good in people. But you know, you know how you know when motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? That ain't really the type of people you should be around. And be influenced by, you know, but me just going through what I was going through, being away from my family, never going to college before, just right. trying to be cool. Right. I should have been protecting my damn energy and my peace because right. I wouldn't have been out there fighting and all that shit that y'all know <laughs> that the Jettas was doing and all that. <laughs> and <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So for me, it's like I'm just the type of person that, like, I'm a Virgo, so I'm a people pleaser like I I'm cool I know I'm cool so it's like I feel like nobody should not like me because I'd be cool Facts. you know what I'm saying I would allow certain behavior from people just because they was cool you know what I'm saying when in reality no if you don't like that shit you need to speak up and, and it's just like it wasn't even I noticed that it wasn't even just people but it's just everybody like I just let people just kind of low-key treat me any kind of way and it's just no you know, I feel like that's the worst decision because if I would have did, if I would have loved myself or cared about myself enough more, or to spoke up even to say like, "Hey, I don't like when you do that," I would have saved myself a lot of turmoil, a lot of time, and a lot of energy from wouldn't even been fucking with you know certain people. Right. That's deep. And and like those people get got me in like you get into stupid ass little situations that you wouldn't even get in. Yeah. Just your that ain't company. really you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. That shit ain't you. And people be like, bro, bro, what is you all? That's deep. That's deep. And what it's up? like no shade. You know what I'm saying? I love all my friends that I've ever had. Right. You know what I'm saying? I fuck with my friends and I don't regret nothing, but it's just like I know if I would have stood up for myself more, either boundaries would have been created or people would have been eliminated and that just would have been that. Facts. What about you, Alicia? I had to think about that because like growing up, I've always been like the goody two shoes type of person. <laughs> so I really didn't get into much of anything. Me but, too. Me too. Um, <laughs> I was a goody two shoes. Is, no, you are is, is this nigga bad influence on me, goddammit? <laughs> he was the bad influence? Yeah, he was the bad influence. Then <laughs> you turned him uh, off. Nah, man. He was hang- he was hanging with everybody. He was hanging <laughs> <laughs> with everybody he should He was hanging with everybody he should Say what? I said, don't make him the blame for Jack making you jump off the porch. 
No, he he was already look. That's why he. That's how he linked up with me. He was already. I was already the off the people. porch, but I was an he athlete. Was <laughs> so I, I ain't making no better. Though, I live. I live double that's, lives. That's, I lived a double life. I lived a couple lives. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He did. He, he lived, lived like three, four lives. I lived a couple <laughs> lives. I'm sorry, Alicia. Go ahead. I apologize. No, you're good. It's fine. No, but I mean, honestly, only thing that I can think of that I feel like was a mistake was um because I was such a too good like a goody two shoes I never really allowed myself to experience life the way that I wanted to okay so now I don't know I think that a good mistake was having my son because having him really really opened my eyes to things that I wanted to do in life and now I'm doing them that's deep that's dope. Especially when people put off you when you have kids uh, not purposefully. They're like, oh, you fucking up your life. Or they be trying to shit. say what you can't do because you got a kid now. Right. When that, you know what I'm saying? True. That ain't true at all. You can always persevere and that be your inspiration. That's what makes you get to Go the... Go hard. You know what I'm saying? Get to where you're going. You know what I'm saying? Facts. I totally agree with that. What about you, DQ? Shit, man. Honestly, I struggle uh, a little bit with this topic. Um, I mean, shit, because I I had a a, a hell of hell of amount of bad decisions that I made growing up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and even some bad decisions coming into my adult life. Um, but I think the thing you, I think the thing what for me was when I was making these bad decisions, especially as a as an adolescent, I wasn't looking at them like they was bad decisions. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So same here. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. This shit was normal to me. Everything around me, you know what I'm saying? This all I know. I was just a product of my environment. So, um, I mean, like, some of the shit we used to do, we used to uh, do something called find a nigga, drop a nigga. You know what I'm saying? So we're driving around and find find somebody just lacking and see who got the hardest punch or who can stick them up and do whatever. You know what I'm saying? So we used to just do this shit like that. But to us, it was funny games. You know what I'm saying? And, like, everything was, it was, everything was laughable. Um, we didn't have no fair consequences. And just thinking that 16, 17 years old, we running around here, you know what I'm saying? Just doing doing silly shit like that with no fair consequences. And I think that's where a lot of our, like some of the young dudes right now, you know what I'm saying? They ain't, they ain't, they ain't, in, they ain't in the war zone right now because when we was doing shit, yeah, we may have situations where we're, we're robbing nigga, but with, with no intentions on shooting nobody. But these niggas, they they ain't, they ain't call of duty right now, so they 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 mm-hmm. shoot everything. Everything is play play for them right now. So um, I think that was the biggest difference. Um, we didn't have a fair consequences, but we never we never had a, had an intent to to want to like cause great harm on people like that. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was just little shit like that. I mean, we I mean, we used to do this shit all the time. Like literally, just go find somebody downtown, stick him up, or find somebody downtown, see who got the hardest punch. And drop him, clean his pockets, and laugh about it in the car. You know what I mean? So it was just shit like that that was going on uh, on a regular. Um, I think probably some of the best decisions that I've made was probably leaving my situation and and actually trying to pursue this whole college thing. And um, the whole college decision came from uh, one of my boys had ended up getting shot. So we was going to uh, buy some guns from somebody. And he, he uh, the niggas we was buying the guns from tried to rob him. You know what I'm saying? And then when he got shot, it was just like it was it was on goal from there. And that put me in a place where it's just like, okay, well, I know death is all around me, 
but that was the first time death was like on the front porch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just like so now some it's now you know what I'm saying it's time to make some yeah. decisions at that point. So um I applied I applied to one college. You know what I'm saying? I didn't I, Two, I, nigga. I, I applied to one college <laughs> and as soon as a motherfucker sent me back and said you accepted, I got the fuck on. You know what I'm saying? And I, I didn't even finish because I was at I was at GRCC for about a year and I ain't even yeah, finished yeah, getting my associates. Not- and I got the fuck on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was one of those things. And then, I mean, even, I know even you, you know what I'm saying? We was close to college. You would always ask me, bro, why you don't ever go to the crib? Man, it would, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't no shit like that. Yeah. Anytime, anytime I bring any of my niggas up here, it they was always on some bullshit trying to stick up niggas up here. So it just, I had to, I had to create that separation from that. <laughs> and I think um, just being around people in college, you know what I'm saying? Surrounding myself uh, around different type of people, um, it kind of helped me. I struggled with it my, my first couple of years at Western. Like I tell everybody that all the time, I struggled with that shit my first couple of times at Western because it was a culture shock for me. Because the hood is all I knew. You know what I'm saying? Nobody in my family ever went to college. I'm the only person, you know what I'm saying, to to go to college. Not just household, but just you know, what I'm saying my whole side of my family, cousins, yeah. and everything. But what so, you, but what you were struggling ahead. with, like what you wasn't clicking with people, and just I think I think it was. I had I had this shit in my mindset where it's just like, like I'm better than these niggas. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like all these mm-hmm. niggas, they were just weird to me though. You know what I'm saying? I used to say that shit all the time. These niggas weird. First time going to a party, I see a whole bunch of niggas like dancing around in boots and shit. So like me and my niggas, we, we, you know what I'm saying? We get on tip. So it, it was just like, I ain't never seen none of that shit. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never seen no Greek shit, none of that. So seeing all that was a culture shock for me. And it got to the point where I was on a roll every weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, I can't do this shit. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, I ain't trying to be in no college. I, I even stopped going for a whole semester. And, um, but it was just, it was one of those things, man, like just surrounding myself with, with people that was holding me accountable. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's one thing I did respect about, about my niggas that I met in college versus the niggas that I had back at the crib. The niggas at the crib, they'll let you hit your head and don't say shit about it. You know what Hell I'm yeah. saying? But everybody in college, they held me accountable. You know what I'm saying? And they and, and they wasn't scared. You know what I'm saying? They wasn't scared to hold me accountable. And I think once I started listening to that and actually started, you know what I'm saying, based on my decisions off that, I think everything kind of just shifted for me. And um, I mean, I, I had I had a hella childhood trauma that I never dealt with. And mm-hmm. going up into college and shit, I would try to use, you know what I'm saying, fucking with girls or doing, you know what I'm saying, just doing silly shit yep. to kind of just magnify that where I don't have to deal with that whole trauma piece. And with that, a lot of people around me suffered because I never deal with none of that trauma. And and really, I didn't really start in dealing with it until I will, until I got well adjusted to my adult life. And then and now I'm looking back at it like, damn, maybe I would have went left right here. You know what I'm saying? If if I would have had this, and this right here would have been full circle for me. Maybe I want to make this decision. This right here would have been full circle for me. So I think um, dealing with that dealing with that trauma piece was a big deal as far as uh, making the right decision for me. But like I said, it took for for me to surround myself around people to actually call me out, challenge me, and hold me accountable as far as some decisions I was making. Okay, so I want to jump right into the next topic. And it's just, uh, it just relates to that, like, why did we make all these choices? Why do people go down these wrong paths? Is it our youth? You know what I'm saying? Is it that, you know, people have to hit rock bottom before they're ready to do right. You know, so why do we choose to go down these paths? I think that it's basically a lot about what DQ was just saying about trauma. You know, sometimes you don't even realize what was traumatic in your life because you think the shit is normal and it's really not. 
You don't realize how it's affecting you till you isolate yourself and you get away from it in a whole completely different environment. And you see, you know what I'm saying, that that's really not normal. It's a whole process to, for one, accept it and then to deal with it. Because it's something that I actually had a like current experience with. Like, okay. Just understanding, like, damn, that's how, that's why I was reacting like that because I on some bullshit because I need to figure this out. You know what I'm saying? About some shit that happened a long time ago. Yeah. So the only reason I feel like I'm not a full-fledged street nigga is because <laughs> I got shot at my my freshman year. I was on I was on I was on Congress, right in the, the heart of the hood. I was on Congress, chilling at my grandma's house. I wasn't even at my grandma's house. I was around the corner from my grandma's house. I was at a party. And I was with all my hood niggas, all my hood friends, all these niggas. You know what I'm saying? Some of them not here today. Rest in peace. You know what I'm saying? And we had a party. Party get out. We walking down the hill. This is freshman year. You know what I'm saying? We walking down the hill. I'm walking. We walking. All we hear is a motherfucking car skirt up. And niggas get to shooting. And all you hear is you see the, the sparks because it was on a hill. So when they were shooting, it was still hitting the top of the hill. And uh, all you can see is like the the bullets like uh, scraping the, the ground, the sparks. You know what I'm saying? And uh, my dumbass and me and like other six other people dumbasses, we ran up the hill instead of running this way, cutting through. So... These three niggas got away, you know what I'm saying? And then the rest of me and everybody else was ran around my grandma's backyard. And so these niggas is in the car. They circling around. So we cut through like some woods that's right there, right in front of my grandma's house. And they shooting again. Shooting. Fucking bullets hitting the trees and like exploding and shit. And, um... One of my homeboys, this, is like the, this nigga like the fastest nigga I know at the time. My nigga Darius. This nigga, like, it was like a fence on the ground. And this nigga fell on the fence. And like everybody running, you know, everybody ahead of me, of course. So when I got to him, <laughs> when I got to him, I pick him up. Like, nigga, come on, nigga, what you doing? Falling and shit. And we hid inside this girl house in the back of her house. And her mama was like... Get y'all asses out of here. Y'all can't be here with us. Y'all y'all can't be in here with us. And then ever since then, nigga, I started to go to football practice after that, nigga. I was done. I was <laughs> that brought the bit that brought you, you was that you was, was throwing the part you was throwing the parties that was getting shot up. <laughs> that was brought the bitch out of me. God damn it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So that chose my path for me. You know what I'm saying? That experience. I didn't want to experience that shit no more. Like I, I had a taste of it and I was good. I think a lot of people don't get those get those same experiences or they get those same experiences, but once they get them, they so normalized. So I know like for me, growing up in the hood, drugs was normalized. Murder was something that we laughed at. You know what I'm yeah. saying? All that shit was normal. Single parent households was a normal thing. Yeah. Uh, physical abuse, that was a normal thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, I didn't realize half this shit was, wasn't normal until I get around 
my friends who, you know what I'm saying, who didn't have those same type of lifestyles. Yeah. Because, you know what I'm saying, we, we telling stories and shit, and then I'm telling my stories, everybody get quiet in the room, like, damn, nigga, like, we need to call CPS. <laughs> so it just like, but it was just like, but it, you know what I'm saying? But it was just like things like that. It was, it, it was, a, it was normalized for us growing up. So, like a lot, I swear to God, bro. Like a lot of the shit that that, that we went through on a day to day basis, like e- even being in raids, like that was some shit we laugh about because it was just like it came to a point where where it wasn't a scary thing and it wasn't a fearful thing. And I always tell niggas some of the most like some some of the niggas who who who, who not scared of shit in the world, fuck or uh, army, and no no disrespect to anybody that served the country, but some niggas in the hood. I seen niggas who. Will literally be in shootouts with motherfuckers, bro. And I'm just like, bro, like you, like you have no fear of nothing. You know what I'm saying? So, but I just think, I think it was so, it was so normalized to us. Um, our music normalized it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The things we watch. You know what I'm saying? Everything that we exposed to, even even now with uh, social media, it's definitely a normal thing now, man. So I mean, I feel bad for a lot of the kids right now who, who actually got to deal with that. That type of shit that's going on in society where where nice. everything is being exposed, you know nigga, what I mean? So all the shit I did, nigga, it's nowhere to be found. There's no evidence of none of this shit. I could be lying right now, you know what I'm saying? For all tense purposes, in case something come back to me, I am lying right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's no documentation of none of this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I couldn't imagine being a kid right now and I'm having my super duper parties and we doing all this crazy super. shit. And even in college, even in college, though, like, you know what I'm saying? When in the good days, we the camera phones wasn't like that. You had to take your digital camera yeah, to yeah. the party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you wasn't finna do all that. Yeah, <laughs> you had to take your digital camera to the party and put your stuff on Facebook the next day. Man, yeah. man. We, we we used to be we used to be wilding out in the party and they had to worry about shit going on Snapchat and none of none that. of that. Nothing, cause your phone yeah, camera was not doing that. Uh-huh. Yeah, nah. was better back then. I don't think. Yes, of. they were, cause yeah. everybody was dancing and having fun. Yeah. They weren't yeah. worried about. Yeah, it wasn't no, a bunch of phones out lit up. Yeah, oh, yeah that's nah. even how the club be. Phones everywhere, all the time lit up. So yeah, Facts. it wasn't like that at all. You was focused. <laughs> <laughs> After this episode, Ernie, you have to give me everybody's address because I have to send y'all copies of my book because I feel like y'all will relate so deeply to this book because it's all about that. Like, it's all about childhood. Yeah, send it. Sure. I'll definitely read it. And Ernest mm. and Sonetta, they know, like, I was a kid dealing with some real, real adult shit. shit. Yes. Like, I'm talking, like, 15, 16 years old. Like, and I was living the lives y'all was living when y'all was 19, 20. Like, y'all mm. had a little more freedom to do the shit. Like, I was, this wasn't by choice for me to live that life. So, yeah. You talk about childhood trauma. It's mm. So, That's... like, I just, like, hearing y'all say this shit, it just had, like, touched. Like, I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, mm. they would really relate to this and, like, be able to understand. Because, like you say, you had a recent experience. I'm 25 years old. And I'm telling you, I didn't live the life of, like, a 40-year-old. Like, I'm just now getting to a space where... I can pull myself away from everything that I was used to. Like, people my age, they still in it. Like, they still living it. They ain't even reached that point where they can kind of realize that something ain't right. I was 17 years old realizing that something don't really seem right here. Like, mm-hmm. 
everybody normalizing this shit. Like you talk about drugs and shit like that. I was in high school selling weed. Why am I selling weed? I can do what I want to do at 17 years old. I can walk out the house when I want to. I could talk to dudes three, four, five years older than me. I could do whatever I want to do. Ain't nobody protect the people that's protecting me, Ernest and the fucking Sigmas. And I'm 17. Where are my parents? Like, <laughs> like it was real. So I, I definitely relate on that level when it comes to like, you don't even, the stuff you're doing, like what I was doing back then, like you said, fighting at every party. We getting every party fucking shut down. We in group fights. I'm going to people job fighting them. I'm not going to school. Like Taja and Ernest them got to make me get like, no, you're going to school today. I'm in the fucking 12th grade. Like, I'm skipping school every single day, like, you know, just doing all type of shit. And it's like, I wasn't choosing to do that. It's just like, this is the lifestyle I'm in shit. It's normalized mm-hmm. everywhere around me. So this is just what I'm doing. Like, so, so I don't really think it's a, a choice when you come from like real trauma. Like you just kind of yeah. fall within a space and then yep. you kind of consume that mm-hmm. space for whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And we're going to buy mm-hmm. your book. I don't want to send shit. Yeah. We're going to buy the right. book. Yeah. Uh, we want to yeah, support you. I just, I just really, I just love when people like relate because it's just like, damn, like, even though I knew that I wasn't in those spaces alone and, you know, you could tell it in my writing as a fucking 16 year old, I know that there's other people out there that's going through this shit, but it's just still really? like, talking about hearing people say it. Like, even when I go to like rally, like not rallies, but mm-hmm. like I go to shit here in Atlanta and, you know, it's all black people. So everybody around this bitch traumatized. So yeah. mm-hmm. talking to people who millionaires who been through the same shit you've been through, then you just be like, oh, wow. like it just feels so good. Like, I don't know, just like to know that somebody else was there. They came out just like you coming out or y'all both, you know, or they advanced. They been came out some years ago. It's just all of it. It feels great. Mm-hmm. That's deep. I think I think have I think having this open dialogue will make people uh, feel more comfortable to actually talk about some of their traumas as it's happening. Because um, I know with me, I use hanging around people who I knew wasn't going going through the same shit I was on as a defense mechanism, so I wouldn't have to deal with my trauma. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. I would mask I would I would mask my trauma with with being around certain people. And I I ain't gonna lie, me 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 even becoming a sigma was a was a whole identity thing. Okay, well. If I become a sigma, I can close the door on all my childhood trauma. I don't have to worry about no no type of other shit. You know what I'm saying? But it was just like everything, every everything that I did was just like these niggas used to be mad at me online because it's just like I'm having to leave three o'clock in the morning because I'm dealing with some real life shit going on. Yeah. But yeah, it was just yeah, like yeah. everything that I did was me masking, masking all the all the bullshit that I had going on back at the crib. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So and I and and I never I never allowed it to come 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 full circle, or I never allowed it to actually surface around the people that I was trying to I guess aspire to be like. And I think until I actually just had that conversation with myself, like you know what, this is you. You know what I'm saying? You have to deal with it, and once you deal with it and, and take it on, you know what I'm saying? Head strong, you'll be straight. And but with me, it, it didn't happen until she. I probably say the end of college, where I actually say, you know what, I need to deal with this because. I'm I'm I'm, move, I'm moving around here. I'm making money. I'm doing this. I'm I'm fucking whatever girl, whatever. But it's just like I still was I was, I was still hurt inside. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was I was hurt bad inside. And I think once I had that conversation and, and just those mental breakdowns, it was just like you know what, something has to change. But I I do realize once things change, my circle changed and my circle became a lot smaller, 
a lot of the people that I that I thought mm -hmm. was my best friends or my brothers and shit like, like that, I won't fuck with them no more because you know we we, we weren't doing the same things no more. And and I always and I always told myself, you know what, if I have some game, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it to my niggas. If I had if I had some if I had the tools to be successful, I'm gonna give it to my niggas. But when I would reach back, it was just like, oh yeah, bro, you want some other shit right now. So that circle started, you know what I'm saying, becoming very, very small. And those are those are challenging moments too, because th those are the times I question myself, like, damn, am I doing the right thing now? Because everybody around me seems to start they, they disappearing at this point. So yeah. Am I doing the right thing now? Yeah. I was just about to say that like when you dealing with shit like that, like you trying to surround yourself or mask yourself with people who doing shit that you're not doing or that you want to do but not quite there. Mm -hmm. Then you have to deal with a third kind of element of it, which is yo. Niggas from back at home, they like, what the mm -hmm. fuck is wrong? When I yeah. say, when you just said that, it just when people, every, all of my friends, all they say to me is, you want to be white so bad. Because I went to college. Like, yeah. but at the time, it's like, at 19, I'm thinking like, shit, why am I doing this? I could be back at right. home doing the same shit they're doing. Like, what, what That's real shit. This like, though, that you knew you was different, though. Like, you never... Mm. Like we're a follower though, Imani. Like I want you to understand that. Like even me, me, me being older and looking at you, it was like I didn't have to like. I, 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 it was like I would look at you like she get it. Like it was like I, what you're saying. Like me hearing you talk like this is like reassuring. Like dang, like I'm looking at you like you the big dog. Like for <laughs> real, because it's like growing up, I didn't even realize how fucked up my childhood was until probably like years ago. I didn't even realize, like growing up in the hood, like I thought, like I thought, like we was like one of the more well-off families in the hood. You know what I mean? Like, no, everybody thought y'all were right here. <laughs> murdered in the backyard. You know what I mean? Motherfucking cousins that got picked up and died. Parents and all type of shit didn't happen. I thought it was normal. Thought it was normal until I got to Michigan State and I'm meeting other black people and it's like, okay, you got good grades. You a good girl, but you ain't grew up like I grew up. We ain't got shit to talk about, you know what I mean? So I wish I found myself trying to fit in with other people, wanting to be like this, wanting to do this. And it when it was like I was not even faking it. It was like it didn't even feel right. It was like I was by myself. Okay. And so I found myself coming home a lot to to get that energy, to feel love, to feel like I'm something. And I would come home and it's like, damn, like, oh, you home? Woo -woo. But Shit, I'm not even really performing where I'm really supposed to be performing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And me processing it now, like. Why is that? Why is it so hard? It's like some people leave and they want to be, they want to be loved by their hometown or they people they grew up with so bad. Like they, they want that affection from people that they grew up with so bad when they can move on to bigger and better things, but they, they need that that adulation from people that they grew up with. Why is that? Some people just be used to being popular. I feel like they don't want to mm -hmm. feel like they, uh, they don't want to feel lame. They don't want to feel like they nobody. Mm -hmm. They don't want to start from scratch. Exactly. You grew up. With me, it was a little different. Cause I never was like, I'm known, but I'm not like, I don't feel like I'm like just popular. Like just like that. I thought mm -hmm. you know me, whatever. But like, um, like, uh, like in college, I was, I was lame in college. Like, I was involved, but it was like, you only knew me if you was involved with what I was involved with. It was like, I didn't, I thought Detroit people was fake as hell. Like, I got some close, my, some of my close friends is Detroit natives. You know what I mean? But I just didn't feel like where I fit in. And it was like, 
oh, are you from Kalamazoo, you country, you know what I mean? Like, so it was just like, I didn't know what to do. So I just, I indulged in work. I started mm-hmm. making big girl money at a young age. And that's where I fucked up at. Like, I forgot that school was the math. Like, that's why I was in East Lansing. Right. I got off into working and I'm making, you know, I'm 20 years old, bringing a thousand dollars home a week. You couldn't tell me shit. Right. So it was like, that's where I fucked up at. Like, I just, I wanted to feel like I had to feel like myself, like whole. And like coming mm-hmm. home, it was like, oh, you doing good because you at Michigan State. You doing good, but nobody really knew if I was doing good or not. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. It's two sides to this shit. It's weird. Yeah. I think I think my reinsurance came from um I was already in a situation where nobody around me went to college. Nobody in my family went to college. So me going to college was like, I'm going to college because the white motherfuckers say it's time to go to college. You know what I'm saying? That's the only way you can be successful. So when I when I went off, I already went off scared. I already went off, you know what I'm saying, feeling like this is not the right thing for me to be doing. I already went off. My niggas back at the crib making hella money right now, and I'm up all night typing papers. So me going home, I, I wanted that reinsurance from from everybody, from you know what I'm saying, from everybody around me or people that I looked up to, like, hey, bro, you're doing the right thing. Keep, keep doing it. And I think that's why a lot of us who come from those same type of backgrounds, when we go back to the crib, we need that reinsurance because a lot of times we, we, we when we go to college, we're not going based off like everybody in our family went to college. So it's just like, you know what I'm saying? It's like some type of tradition that's going on. A lot of times it's like, shit, nigga, you, you the last hope for the family or you the last hope, you know what I'm saying, for your circle. So right. I need I needed that reinsurance from everybody that was that I was cool with. And I wasn't getting that. You know what I'm saying? I was getting like, oh, nigga, you think you better than this now because you went to college. And nigga. That's my pet peeve. I hate that. That's my pet peeve, bro. When yeah. niggas be like, oh, you're not the same no more. You think you know more. I literally was thinking the other day, like, if I don't hate nothing more than I hate a species of people, I hate when people tell me I want to be white or I think I'm better. Man, like, bro. no, I don't. Because it's ignorant. As mm-hmm. Like, it's I don't. I don't ignorant. think that at all. I wish we all were doing it. Like, I don't think that at all. Yes. And it's like, how you gonna tell me that I think I'm better? You think I'm better? Because I never said that. Right. And that's right. why I say, like, thank you. When I was first speaking earlier to what DQ said, like it creates like a third element. Cause like you said, you go home cause you want reassurance. Like that's why I would go back to Columbus on Chicago every single weekend. My first year at Grand Valley, I hated it because if y'all know nothing about it, it's nothing but white people. Like nothing so to white people. them, yeah. like I was like me at Grand Valley, and then I came from the hood of Kalamazoo and Chicago. I never not lived in the hood. So to go from those places to go to Grand Valley, it was like a huge culture shock. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to go home because I did want people to be like, you know, like good job and shit like that. But like you said, definitely would be like the opposite from the people that you didn't want it to be from. So it it creates like a third, almost like not a personality, but just like a third part of you that you have to cater to now. Like, I hate it. I hate it so much. See, I'm sitting there listening to you all talk about your stories and I'm thinking like, man, like my life was the complete opposite. Like, <laughs> like I grew up where, I mean, I grew up where um, essentially I was one of the five black families in the neighborhood. Wow. So, oh, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, my family, like, we always had to be, have that 
perfect, you know, stature kind of look. Because if we did something wrong, then of course, yeah. you know, yeah. So talking in the neighborhood, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. That's definitely deep. group different. That's a different. Like I'm left. Yeah. When I when I went to Western, it was actually a culture shock for me because I had never been around a lot of black people. <laughs> as as mm, weird wow. as that might sound. Yeah, that was my culture shock. Wow. <laughs> it ain't that many niggas at Western though. Like that's what I was saying. <laughs> you you had this. And I. <laughs> the black population hey. state. It was hey, you, like come State, you come down here to Clark, you damn near would have been yeah. went back home. Like it would have yeah, been you went, yeah, you you coming to Clark for me was a fucking culture shock. <laughs> and I ain't fucking but black people. But to come to a school four point oh at Clark. Everybody's yeah. like the teachers, the people in the lunchroom, every the janitors, everybody, the security, that shit is weird. So how did <laughs> So Alicia, how did like growing up in your environment, like how did that differ for you compared to us? Like you have your own trauma that you grew up with. Did it like, did you just deal with racism all the time and it become like some normal shit that you just had to deal with? And oh that, yeah. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. Most definitely. Um, I remember, cause like I said, I had, you know, I had that perfectionist kind of mentality because of that. Um, and I will never forget, like, one of the times when I initially my family moved here, like, we were from New Jersey. Um, but when we moved here, um, I started trying to make them friends and, like, nobody wanted to be my friend. I was, like, always a loner type person. Um, and then eventually, you know, as time progressed, more uh Black people started coming to the schools, which was cool. Um, but with like the friends that I had already, like I couldn't mix with like a lot because I I'm trying to say this in the right way, but like I had black people upset with me thinking that I was trying to be white or whatever because I initially just hung out with white people. Right. Um, and people always tried to fight me. So <laughs> Like, I never really Man. had, like, I was an outside with the people that were black, and I was an outside with the people that were white, too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. yeah. That's deep. Yeah, that is. That's deep. Wow. Kind of like you don't even know where you go. It's just like, where do I fit? I know, if it's not black and it's not white, then where do I go? That's crazy. And as a kid or a teenager or a child without yeah. that, that can really fuck you up in the head. That's deep. Like, mm -hmm. create that's deep. some identity issues because you are. Yeah, I was just about to say, that's a huge identity crisis. And, and it's probably even hard to even get that reinsurance from your parents because if they're only one of the few black families in the neighborhood, it's almost kind of like, you know what I'm saying? We we still trying to get in where we fit in, too, and, you know, feel like, okay, we can call this place home. So exactly. that shit have to be tough. Yeah. Definitely. Lifestyles is a men's and women's clothing store that carries exclusive quality labels. Their mission is to bridge the gap between mainstream fashions and luxury brands. They're the go-to place for the latest fashions and trends. You can shop with them online at lifestylesapparel.com. That's L-I-F-E-S-T-Y-L-E-Z apparel.com and follow them online at Lifestyles Apparel 
on all social media outlets. While you're at it, visit them at their brand new Memphis location. to the podcast moving into our next topic the consciously copacetic segment and you know we've been talking about mistakes and wrong paths and all this negative shit you know what i'm saying first question i want to ask is what is your process when it comes to decision making now i told y'all recently i've been having some childhood trauma emerge that i've been having to deal with and as far as decision-making, I've learned that you really cannot react. You cannot let your decisions be based off your emotions or facts, even your thoughts in those moments Shit. for real, because you really, sometimes your emotions is just a feeling that's going to go away. So you do some shit that you can't, that you're going to regret based on that. You're going to feel that shit facts. in one way or another. Deal with and all then the consequences. For real. Yes. So it's like, you got to be careful. For me, it's like, now, based on this whole situation, it's like, when some shit happened, I got to make a decision. I got to just step back and I got to pray about it. Thanks. Okay? Because I'm I'm probably going to feel, I'm probably, I'm going to feel how I'm going to feel, but I'm going to pray about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to chill. Take a little time to really make sure I understand what's going on because I've reacted based on my own assumptions in my head that I didn't really understand the situation correctly, did some stupid shit, and I got to deal with it based on my own misunderstanding, you know? Yes. Hey, you sound like you just be jumping on people as soon as you, as soon as you piss. You just jump on a motherfucker. No. Not no more. Well, no, that's not me grown. at all. No. I I'm like, damn, this all like she wanted in. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys know I'm sweet. They used to just make me work the doors at the parties and stuff. I'm just a little firm. That's why they had you working the door, because you on that. She was, she was security. No, because everybody, everybody got to pay. Everybody got to pay. They be trying to get too many people passes. No, everybody got to pay. You one of the people that be searching certain people. But not everybody. Well, I well, yeah, I had you had to because it was college people and then the locals would try to come in. We had to make sure See? we wasn't. See, that's what much. I used to be talking about when you advised somebody to a party, man. That type of <laughs> shit right there. No, but it's just like we know as college kids, we not, <laughs> as college kids, we not on that type of time though. We already know that. Yeah. So that's why we don't have to worry about us because we know we really not on that type of time. And the niggas that is not coming to the party. They're going to be outside the party afterwards. That's something you got to deal with later. But when you're trying to come in the party and you're on that type of time, those two worlds don't really need to, you know, that's people. But, but, but he be inviting people like that. Like, he be inviting everybody Everybody like that. did. When you everybody show up, did. But when you show up and you getting that treatment and that pat down and shit, it be like, damn. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like yeah, you told us pull up. Like, <laughs> take your hoodie off. <laughs> but no, what, <laughs> what I was saying wasn't even based on vice. It's just on like, just looking back on just shit that I did. You know what I'm saying? Like the th- things that I felt like was mistakes and just growing from them. And just now, like, it's like, I knew it was a mistake then, but it's like now realizing why I did it. 
you know what I'm saying? And why I reacted and what was really the trigger for it. That's some whole other shit. But it's like now it's, it's, it's different. Like I, I grew up in the hood too. Like I dealt with a lot, like sexual abuse on a lot of levels and verbal abuse, you know what I'm saying? Just abuse in general. So it's like, I got a lot of different, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of different things that yeah. I have to go through. It could be anything, though. And, and it's like, I didn't realize I was reacting in a certain way to that shit. I thought I was good. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you got to really make sure that you, when it comes to those decision-making times, and even when under, un, unexpected shit happen, you really got to stop. If you're a spiritual person, you pray. You know what I'm saying? And really just sit down and give yourself some time before you react and explode and do some shit you're going to regret. And then you have to deal with that as well. On top of I whatever. Think I think that time. I think that time piece is important, and we don't put a uh, we don't put enough on that, man. Um, and I know, I mean, I know a lot of us heard of the seventy two hour rule, where it's just like if it's not gonna matter, and it's seventy two hours, man. Don't put no emotions or no energy towards it. Um, and that's easier said than done. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? A, a lot of people know if we feel like we got crossed. Somebody did this wrong. We we want to react, and we want that person to feel the same way we feel. Um, so that's, that's so. That's so what you do. doing? So what you do to like step back? Like you know, like because some people. That's why I'm like, I mean, and her. She sound like she quit. She snapped quick. So how yeah. do you even have time to think about like oh, seventy two hour rule or something like that? If you just, I feel like know, I look, I look, I, I look at it like I look at it like your 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 environmental factors and your peers play a huge role in the seventy two hour rule. So if you if you put yourself in a situation where where it heightens your level of emotions and energy, you got to remove yourself from that situation, and that's and that's the environmental factor. So before you even get there, that situation before you even before you even get there, or 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 once you find yourself getting triggered, remove yourself from that from, from yeah. that environmental factor. It's right all about self awareness. It's all about self awareness. You gotta you gotta become aware before you can even really make a change to fix it. You gotta mm-hmm. learn, you know what I'm saying? Cause that's the DQ, that's something I had to learn. Like, I know I be reacting real quick and all into my emotions. So it's like, when, like my, um, I had total one of my cars, total that bitch. Mm. I had, I wanted to call my best friend at the time so bad, but I know she wasn't gonna do shit, but get mad and be all emotional too. And that's not how I wanted to react. So I had to take mm-hmm. the time, like, okay, maybe I shouldn't call her right now. Let me just. Yeah. And then, then at that time, you have a little second to think about what you're gonna do next. Yeah, you know. I think that's a peer. That, you gotta that's just a become aware. Where, where your peers, because honestly, man, your peers either gonna heighten it or they gonna just remove all emotions from you. They gonna make you seem like you're crazy for even tripping about something. Yeah. Or they gonna make you feel like you know what I'm saying. They they they, they gonna pretty much just acknowledge everything that you're saying yeah. and saying like, okay, well, you know what? Either you tripping or no, you you got the right to do it. So I want to eliminate all that. I don't want any type of factors. When it comes to my friends, family, or anything that playing a part of my decision making, because at the end of the day, if I make a bad decision, ultimately it's only going to affect me. It's on you, you know what I'm saying? It's on you at the end of the day. And I think that was my biggest lesson growing up, man. I made a, I made a lot of situations, and I got myself in a lot, a lot of bad uh, situations by by making decisions based on what my peers was doing or what my peers felt like it was okay, you know. And I. And I have to eliminate that. And I think with the 72 hour rule, you really got to isolate yourself so you can make those decisions. And then at the end of the day, if, if it's still bothering you and it's still affecting you after that 72 hours, man, maybe you was right. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's justifiable. But I think you at least owe yourself that because a lot of times, man, that shit don't even matter at the end of the day. 
Facts. But but right though, but but like how you went to school and how you said you went off to college and everything and got down with the Sigma thing and everything, like didn't that play a role and like did that play a role in that though? Like you just yeah, thinking, I, of, thinking of shit differently. And, yeah, and I mean, just, I, I, I think I, I think once you put yourself in a higher stage, you think about you think about the consequences of embarrassment. You know what I'm saying? So with me, after I after I became a Sigma. A lot of my decisions making was wasn't just about okay how, how is this going to affect me. Now it's just okay if I do make this bad decision, it's a bigger picture around me that's going to be affected by that. So a lot of times, you know, what I'm saying you got to put yourself around the right people, and that's what I touched on earlier. As far as some of those people that I did meet mm -hmm. in college, they were holding me accountable. Where you know some of my niggas back at the crib, they they would encourage me to do bullshit. You feel me? So I think yeah. that that was and a see. huge difference. But I'm asking that just because, like, earlier how, you know, y'all was talking about, like, I got away from my environment, I went to school, and I got mm -hmm. around, you know, like, y'all was separated between, you know, your homies at home and what you're doing now at school and trying to adjust and, and shit like that. Because I'm like, you know, like me, I never, I didn't even get that chance to go to, you know, like, uh, school or whatever. I went through what I went through, and once mm -hmm. I uh, got to doing what I'm doing, I just had to go through, you know, like, what y'all saying, like, what y'all saying, but without being in college and stuff, I was on a different right. route. So I, I had all my people I was around, 95% of them acted different and he ain't on this yeah. no more, you know, yeah, yeah. all of that. I ain't have a, a you know, a surrounding or a school. I'm still like, I'm still me, like them, you know? Yeah. I'm still me. So it was it was real hard for me. Like even with, I ain't never worked no job before I, I, mm -hmm. I had my own business or something. So even with customer service, like I, I used to come at people crazy. They ain't like me. Like I used to be talking crazy. Like, like who you think I am? Like you think yeah. they treat you like you were, you know, you a worker or something? I'm coming crazy. Like you don't know me, dog. Like I was on that, and, and I had to learn though. Like I'm fucking up my own business by yeah, acting fact, type of attitude, but. Right but yeah. and at the same time, my people are like, oh, you on this and this. We try to they on the block and shit. They don't want to be, you know, like yeah. they ain't on what I'm on. And I'm like, damn, like you yeah. know so. That's what I'm like. <laughs> I think a big like, part of it has to do with like your intentions. Like, yeah, what okay. do you want to do? Like, what do you want for yourself? Because like you said, you kind of stayed in your environment. You had shit going. You had shit kind of push you to be where you are right now. Some people got out, you know, right after high school. Some people waited a few years until something traumatizing happened. And then they got out, you know, it's different. It hits everybody differently. It's about what your intention is for yourself. Like at, when at I was you know, living in the hood and doing shit like that Facts. and selling drugs and all that shit, I didn't have no intent. I was just here. I'm just living. I'm just doing whatever I got to do to get by every single day Facts. and to pretend like I'm happy. And then, you know, once I got to college and it, like my intention turned to something else. And then once I got to grad school, well, once I had a kid, the intention turned to something else grad school, something mm -hmm. else. It's like your intention is what is going to guide you, like what what you want. I feel like anybody has the capacity to do what we did, you know, leave at 18, mm -hmm. go to college, anybody. It's about what you want to do. And that's it. Because I ain't have nobody pay for me to go to college. I, ain't, I just decided what I wanted to do. So what I do in high school, I just decided I'm going to just focus on school. I'm going to party on weekends, I'm going to be in the hood, I'm going to act ghetto, I'm going to do all this shit. But when I'm here Monday through Friday, Ain't nothing but me and the books, me and the paper. That's it. Like, I'm going to really grind this shit. And I did that. You know, I graduated high school with a 3.8. Highest than anybody in my family, anybody around me ever had even known a fucking 3.8. And you think about that now, that ain't nothing. 
but at the time where I was at, that was huge. Like, so yes, that's what got me to where I was going to go. But that was because I decided that I didn't want to be where I was tired of that shit. Like I got tired at a young age. Like I was tired at 15. I don't want this no more. This, this mm-hmm. shit is really tiring. And that, that's what changed my intention. Having a baby. I don't want this mediocre working for white America shit. Change my intention. Move to Atlanta. Like it's just like it's about what you want to do. I think I that's think, possible. I think the big thing with that, and we and we got also got to understand is just like with with us, we all had that moment where the stars aligned, and we just said, you know what, this is our moment right here. But understand, we're a small population as well. We're a small population where we had mm-hmm. a, tra- a traumatic event. And we decided, you know what, we're gonna do this now. A lot of a lot of niggas who they going through this every single day and it's yeah, a cycle, it's just a, a continuous cycle. cycle of so, yeah. so so what 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 makes what makes us different where they can have these traumatic moments going on, they can go to prison and they can and, and, and but but yet they're still being repeat offenders and they're still doing the same bullshit mm-hmm. and they're not making those decisions. So that's why I say like your your environment plays a huge part in it, your your peers plays a huge part in it, but then also if you eliminate all those things, what you get? You get loneliness. You get you, you get being by yourself. And a lot of people they can't deal with that shit. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest lesson I learned in my adulthood is how to be happy being by myself and how to be Amen. happy being alone. And I think once I got to that point, it was easy for me to say, you know what? I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm good for mm-hmm. going out. Or I know y'all niggas gonna be on some bullshit tonight. I'm gonna just chill because. I, I I learned the art of how to be happy being alone, and I feel like it is an art because a lot of people just can't be happy in their own skin. It is an art. I wanted I wanted to say that too earlier. To some point, somebody said that that shit really is. It's hard. Like even if it sounds easy to like try and get away from your environment, try to be different and shit like that. That is some real work. Like you said, it's mm, an art to be alone. That's <clears> real. Like. I went from, you know, I'm in therapy, proud to be in therapy. And I learned Thanks, I learned that like I've spent most of my life being a people pleaser. And now I'm in a space where like I damn near don't even want nobody to come visit me. Like that's how I am on the phone versus six years ago. I couldn't really? be like, I wanted mm-hmm. to be around everybody. I wanted everybody to think I was cool doing what they doing now please don't contact me I'm okay man. check on me every three months and we man, good man. I'm, I'm the same way man Ernest to tell you like I, I'm, I'm even I'm even strategic into the into the point like where I choose to live at like I live in a ducked off ass like nobody even know where I live. I just like being alone and I'm happy being alone you know what I'm saying so it's just like when I do want to pop out I'm popping out because I want to do it you know what I'm saying it, but it's just once I learned, once I learned peace and what that felt like and what that did to me and how and, and, and how I feel like it, it fulfilled me, I didn't want nothing else. You know what I'm saying? Like nigga, nothing, nothing at the club is gonna make me feel better than my peace. Nothing, Man. no bullshit that we doing is gonna make me feel better than my peace. No fucked up relationships is gonna make me feel better than my peace already. So now everything that I do right now. I'm doing it based off, is it going to heighten, is, is, you know what I'm saying, is it going to heighten that level of, of, of my peace that I already have? And if it don't have that already, I just ain't fucking with it. I know that's, that's right. That's yeah. deep. Yeah. And I think that yeah. something, something that people don't realize about loneliness, too, because like I told y'all, I moved to Miami um, after uh, I graduated college. I graduated in 2017. My daddy is out there, but 
the lifestyle I was living, I was really on my own. So it's like, I was out there by myself. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't used to even having him and that side of my family to be there every day. And it was weird because you know how you have an expectation of a relationship? Like it was like, I would go to Miami to see my daddy every summer type shit. You know what I'm saying? So we had this relationship on the phone. He sent me gifts for my birthday, blah, blah, blah. But you know how I had this expectation in my head about what it was going to be like. Then you get there and it's like, not that. Then you be like, damn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, No, that's real though. That's real. So I still kind of felt very lonely in a sense. Like I love my daddy. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like, it was just a lot more to it than what I thought it was going to be. And I was lonely and that shit drove me to do some crap, like some, some, some of the most stupid shit ever, like to deal with the most lamest shit from niggas. And you know what I'm saying? Like for real, like when y'all came to Miami, I was with y'all every time. Why? I was lonely mm. as fuck. Yeah. Think about it. Hey, DQ. hey, hey we think about it. Every time. Miami, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nunu, Nunu had us in Miami at least three times a year. Just on some wild shit. <laughs> So it was like, (laughs) you got to be careful. Like, you really do got to learn how to be alone because that'll fuck you up. You'll be, and I was out here, I I had fun, of course, seeing my friends and shit like that, but it was just, I wasn't dealing with the fact that, bitch, you lonely. You in denial, Mm -hmm. bitch, you lonely. You fucking with this nigga, but you still lonely because he don't fuck with you like that. He trash. You know what I'm saying? Dealing with a cycle. I thought that, man, please. Like, I had to be celibate. I was celibate for like 11 months before I even moved here. Moved here and then I fell in love. You know what I'm saying? So it really do be about really learning how to be in solitude. And when you are, you're going to meet somebody that's on our vibrational level. And it's going to be, that's going to be, you're going to be good. Yeah. And it's going to be an addition to your happiness and you're going to be happy. That's real shit. Tough. Yeah. It's tough, it's tough though. It is hard. It was very hard, man. But I had to realize, man, like I, I, had, I had that breaking point like... I ended up finding out the nigga had a girlfriend on my birthday and I just had a breaking point. It was just like, you know, I'm worth so much more than this. Like any nigga would really be lucky and I can't even, be, I'm not dealing with this type of shit no more. Facts. Facts. And I'm, you know what? I'm just going to not deal with nothing for a while. But me, I got to figure out why the fuck I'm even, how did I even get here? Like, yeah. what am I on? Yeah. Like what, what am I really like? You know what I'm saying? I really that lonely to where this, what I'm dealing with. Like, I don't know who I am or some shit. Like I really lost myself. So, okay, let's step back. Let's lock it all down and let's try it again. Because that, that this is not though. that shit tough to say, man. Especially like as a woman, I feel like we struggle more with being alone than men. Cause men, like you guys can find other avenues to like feel your loneliness. Like you can make your loneliness look like something else. Women, we like emotional creatures. So it's just like we we crave, you know, some type of person something else to be there other than ourselves so we we not naturally like good with solitude i feel like men could do that y'all could do that but men but it's not natural though no matter what nobody tell you no matter how no dude act that it's not it's not natural the way we do it is we start meeting random bitches and we be Uh fucking these (laughs) random bitches who we don't really like for real Ugly bitches. This she got some titties. So she got some ass. Right. She got some titties. It sounds like it's the same thing. For real. I, I know in my experience, like I came out of an engagement. I was on my way to a wedding and about to go off into the sunset. And then that's when I kind of I broke away from that. That wedding got called off, and then I got kind of pushed into that life. And so I was just doing pretty much whatever, like 
dating mm-hmm. whoever, talking to whoever. And now, like two years later, I look at it like, girl, you was lost. Like, and it's like, <laughs> like when you're going through shit and you don't want to be alone, you don't want to face being alone, like you will fill that barrier with anything. You like, are damn near, it, it is, loneliness will li- literally make you do some desperate ass shit. Like, you be desperate. You be desperate. When I That's first. Real. I left my kid. My kid was still in Michigan. I came to Georgia by myself and I didn't have shit. I filled up my S, my car, whatever could fit in there. And I drove here like and I didn't have nothing. So I came here in a very low space. So it's just like whatever came with that space. I was just taking that shit. And now that like I'm back to, you know, who I am, it's just looking back like. Jesus, like <laughs> you be kind of yes. shocked at some of the shit you choose to do because you mm-hmm. just like I can't believe I was ever there. But like mm-hmm. you said, it's circumstance, like the shit that's around you, like your expectations, all that shit plays a role in what you choose to do. Yeah, honestly, man, I, I I feel I feel sorry for anybody who hasn't experienced like what with what happiness and, and peace feels like. Because happiness with somebody Versus happiness with peace is two totally different things. Totally, and I think, man, it's totally different things. And I, with my situation, I grew up in a single parent household, and it's it's for it's for siblings. I got a twin brother. I don't know what the fuck being by myself even felt like. You know what I'm saying? I I shared the womb with somebody. You feel me? So it's just like me me finding peace was was really like like something that I had to like. Okay, I have to get used to this, and I had hella nights. While I broke down, I had hella nights where it's just like, man, fuck this. I'm desperate now. Now, now I want to now I want to make bad decisions. Now I want to make bad choices because I didn't know what what being peace with myself or being in, being in, being in myself felt like. And that shit fucked me up, man. Like yeah. I'm telling you, but but majority up, of everybody don't know. For real, mm-hmm. that's facts, bro. What's crazy is I literally. Um, on Instagram, like I was just saying, like, you know how you pray and they say you're supposed to have a relationship with God and you're supposed to have these conversations with God. But it's like, I be praying. I've been in prayer for 30 minutes, but then I pray and I go about my day. But it's like a conversation is when you talk and listen. Mm-hmm. So I've been being intentional about listening. And when you speak about peace today, DQ, if you go watch my Instagram story, I literally told myself for the rest of the year on my lunch breaks, I'm going to go outside in the little garden and just Take my Bible out there and just intentionally just listen to God. Not pray, Mm -hmm. but just listen. And I literally was so peaceful today. I fell asleep. I didn't even know I was... Nigga, I was out there. You know how (laughs) I woke up. I got on Instagram like, hey, was I... Am I wrong for falling asleep? Like, Or was that God's peace for real? Like, you know what I'm saying? Did I miss him? Like... Did he, knock me, did he come talk to me and knock my stupid ass out on the way out? Like, <laughs> need a nap. <laughs> I was you like, needed that. <laughs> but no, then my, then, you know, then my, then my man, he messaged me. He's like, no, that's that's the peace of God. You had a lot going on on your mind today, and you asked for peace, and that's what you got. Now you good, and I'm like, yeah, that's very, that's yeah. It's that's a very tranquil it. place if you allow yourself to enjoy it, and it's hard to enjoy when you've never had it. Facts, and and you got it before it was too late, cause that's what I'm like. I, I my whole life I didn't pray and pray, but I was do I knew I was doing wrong, but I prayed. Mm-hmm. You know, every day I even I knew I like it, it took me to be locked up and just there, you know, by yourself in that cell, just to be really mm-hmm. think about it. Like, man, I've been praying on the wrong. On the wrong stuff, like I like, like yeah. what I like, I'm I'm fucked up in the head though, for real. Like, <laughs> you know, like praying. Is, I make it home 
do what I'm doing. I'm doing bull, you know. So yeah, on that road and and you know just oh, I'm praying I make it back, but so I can do so I can uh, serve everybody tomorrow, you know. <laughs> like, do some bullshit, yeah. It's the, yeah, it's the wrong. You yeah. know, I, I was in that cell though, like on the same thing. But like you said, like I was listening though, like I was laying. I had like I was like, damn. I used to think that, like, damn. Maybe I'm here. For, this is what I'm here for, like to sit me down, like, cause I already knew, you know, I already knew what I was supposed to be on. I already mm-hmm. was hearing the voices and what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. I already felt how I felt. I already felt alone, even surrounded by a hundred people every day, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I already had felt it like, like I was in my own zone and I wasn't supposed to be, you know, like, I, like, I just felt like I ain't supposed to be here, but I, I was just like, I'm doing, but I'm making it, I'm putting that shit in my own head that I'm doing this so I can be where I'm supposed to be. But, you know, at the same time, it, you know, I could have did the shit a whole bunch of other ways. And, and it took me to be like, sit down. <laughs> like, that's how I, I think, felt. Like, wow, I sat down. Think, like, I, think prison, I think prison very intentional, though. You know what I'm saying? Prison very, very intentional as far as putting you in that space where you have to sit down. And I think the people that, yeah. that reoffend the most are the ones who come into prison still trying to live that same life in in, in that and, and, and they you know, still won't they listen is. they there yeah, but they still not listening they're not coming yeah, they to terms is. with it they're just spinning a wheel Facts. yeah so I mean, they it, not, it, it's, what, it's difficult yeah. it's, it's very difficult man I, um the last eight years the last eight years i've been um i've been dealing with a lot of um mental health kids and a lot of at-risk kids who, who who's who's been locked up in residential facilities and like these little niggas, man, they be 15, 16 years old. I'm talking about with bodies and some mm-hmm. of the trauma that they going through. And it's just like, man, they come in there not 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 even escaping the environment. So it's just like, how can this they, how can this transition be therapeutic for them where they can actually learn a lesson and actually get out and actually be productive citizens when 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 these when these systems has pretty much everything in the streets that they was dealing with. You know what I'm saying? So it just it, it's almost no escape. So even even having that alone time when you being locked up in, in or in prison or whatever, it's just like you you don't even get that then. Like you you really have to challenge yourself. I need to block out everybody and everything around me and actually listen at that point and actually you know what I'm saying figure out who you are. Facts. Yep. And for real, at that age, keep talking to them though. I'm glad you said you're doing that. Keep keep talking to them for real, even if it's just one of them that yeah. listen or whatever. Keep on uh, talking to them for real. They wild man, it's, and it's like every year, every year it's like it's every year I'm dealing, and then like the kids I deal with, the kids I deal with, they they not just from Michigan, they from Cali, so like all oh, the gang culture is like super super instilled in them. So you know what I'm saying? So it's just like with us in Michigan, we, we grew up off blocks. I don't I don't know where y'all see that, but like with us, it was just blocks. With these niggas, it, it's actual gang culture. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like Serenios and Norteños, different shit like that. So it's just like. They got this whole culture and this whole pressure to actually represent this culture. And if you don't, it's death. Death is a consequence. So so to actually have somebody sit down and be like, you know what? I need you to make the right decision. They're not thinking about the right decision because the right decision for them could be death. The right decision for them, it could be their mom house getting shot up. The right decision for them, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Big, big, big homies put some money on your head. So it's just like. It's, it's, it's easy for a lot of people, especially with us, and I don't, and I don't want the listeners to think, uh, well, we all on this podcast, we all educated, we all did the right thing, nah. and, and life is just so easy. 
man, it's a whole different population where a lot of niggas, they, they don't have those same decisions yeah. that, that we had and we actually can do the right thing. A lot of these niggas, they dealing with death as a consequence. But like what you're saying, though, but mm-hmm. like exactly what you're saying, if they keep doing what they're doing, or if they if they 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 scared because if they switched over or this and that the consequence could be death or this and that. But at the same time, if you stay what you're doing, it, it ain't no other route though. You don't even got an option. It's, right, it's, it's two options. Like everybody know, like there's no there's no different. It ain't no cheating it. It ain't no escaping mm-hmm. it. It ain't no it ain't no quitting it. It ain't no nothing. Once you so deep in, then you stuck. Like so that's why I'm like at that age for real. That's where I lost a lot of the closest. Uh, relatives or whatever that I didn't try to talk to, but at the same time, I was I was in the bullshit. So you know, don't nobody want to hear when they look up to you. Yeah, they don't want to hear yeah. that shit because they like you doing it, but they, yeah, they don't yeah, understand you, you trying to you tell want. them for real. Like, yeah, like you might not make it out. I'm lucky to be to doing be what here. I'm doing right now, and yeah. I know that. Like, so yeah. uh, I don't know nobody else that was in my circle that didn't that didn't made it out so far. Either they still in it right now, or it's a wrap. Whether it's jail mm-hmm. or dead, so. Like, uh, you got a better chance though trying to get out than you do staying in because it's a wrap. If you stay so, in, it's only gonna go so far. So that's why I'm like, at the same time, you gotta let them know that though. Oh yeah, like it's right. scary to get out. It's scary to get out, but that's your best shot. Yeah, that's why I said earlier you have to create your own intention. Because that's what I was gonna say I, with Imani. When was I worked about. in a juvenile facility like the one that you work in, it was like them kids taught me a whole new perspective of life. Like, yes, we was doing, like, some hood shit. We was breaking in people's houses and shit like that. But these kids is killing each other. Like, <laughs> I was not 14, 15 years, yeah. 15 years old knowing what it's like to drop a body. Like, I had girls coming in our facility, not just little mm-hmm. dudes. Girls coming in. They got bodies and shit like that. And a lot of them, what, which is crazy, they would do shit to get sent to our facility. Because they mm-hmm. would tell us, like, the staff members that, this the only piece I got, shit. Yep. Being at home ain't no piece there. So, yes, I did say I was going to kill myself so that they could send me here for two weeks, shit. Because I'm tired of being at home. They yeah. found comfort in being with us because that was the best thing they knew. And that was like, to me, being in the facility, sleeping on these plastic-ass beds, it could be fights every day, y'all on lockdown. What teenager wants to live? What That's peace to some of these teenagers today. And that's uh, like, like it was really like I said, it was a culture shock coming down here. I was not just talking shit. Like everything about being down here has been a culture shock because I come from the Midwest, Chicago, Michigan. That's it. So the hood there ain't the same. Like you said, it's Cali, New York. We getting kids. We get kids mm-hmm. from all over here in Georgia. All over. They shit don't be what we think it was back at home. Like <laughs> it be crazy. Facts. It don't be that, but we got a lot of kids to try to like uh imitate that you know so mm-hmm. they be it's it's not as uh as much as you see down there but we got you know every few in a bunch they they trying to take it there because of what they doing where you at you know like yeah. stuff like that they trying to be like that they want to be they want to show they want to show you that we on that too and stuff and it's it's I always agree. a handful that's gonna take it to the extreme because the they want to prove their point I feel like no matter where you at now, I don't even think it's area based no more. Like this is future. So I think it's generational. Like I'm seeing, I'm hearing bodies dropping in Kalamazoo, and I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They killing niggas in Kalamazoo every day. Yeah, every day right now. Like that's why I'm like, it's going worldwide now. I'm speaking for what I first 
guy here. And like what he was saying earlier, like he he went to college and got out at a perfect time. Like he was one of the people calling me, waking me up in the middle of the night about people that I had love for and stuff like that. Like, oh, he ain't mm-hmm. making it. Or, you know, and I used to be fucked up, like, you know, but people like E is who helped people like me, you know what I'm saying? Like, he got out and he was doing stuff and he still spoke to me on a regular, like, to this day, you know? So, stuff like that, I always kept friends like him or something that, that, that talked to you like that. But, like, when he, he got out at that time and when that was going down, like, all that type of stuff, he's seeing now with his little brothers yeah. and, 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 and similar situations, though. He see it a lot, though. And they and it's like these little niggas now, they don't get it. They can't see what I can see. You know what I'm saying? It's like right. their intelligence not the same intelligence that I got. They they feeling for the earth and their surroundings, and Damn, just seeing situations like they want to be what's in the, the shit in a way because they don't. They, the yeah, they don't know the these these though? niggas. Oh, these young awesome. niggas don't give a fuck. They don't. It's like back then, people did this shit. People killed people, obviously. People sold drugs. But it was a control to the shit. Now yeah. there's no control. These little boys, just like they saw that life and they took off. Like, yeah. Listen, when I tell you I'm from Ben Harbor, I'm from Ben Harbor, and I literally just got on Instagram last night and seen that a nigga was in a shootout, bro, survived a shootout, got shot in the head, drove himself to the hospital, survived. That shit's crazy. That shit's crazy. Normal. It's the normal, but you know, but, but you know what though? I, I think the biggest difference, like like with our with our generation, like when our big homie spoke, we listened. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't. And these are young niggas. It, it, it wasn't no bullshit. We, we, like, did, but we, we did, did, but we didn't. No, we did, but we, but we, we didn't. That's we, why I'm like, it's like, worse like, now. But yeah, we. Ain't I think listen. I think I think it's worse now because it's just like, like like what else? Like when our big homie spoke, we we listened or we knew we was gonna get violated. With these with these new niggas, they looking like man. Nigga, I'm, I'm I'm up thirty bands right now. Nigga, what the fuck your old ass gonna tell me? You exactly. know what I'm saying? So we're just like, I it's like, nigga, we, we, we I got more I got more guns than you, and I got more money than you. What you gonna tell me? No so we're just like, have it, it's no control at all. And then if you think about it, I always tell niggas seventy five percent of the niggas that's dead or or in prison off the street life weren't even real street niggas. They just they they, they just want to live a lifestyle that they. You know what I'm saying? That they never ever knew nothing about, but they just admired it so much. Facts. That's facts. That's facts. Everywhere. I think that in any situation, no matter where we come from, you come from Alicia where you surrounded by all these uh, people who don't necessarily like you or, or the rest of us goddamn hood babies. <laughs> uh, you have to be, you have to be forceful in your decision making. You know what I'm saying? You have to want to get out. You have to want to do better. You know what I'm saying? No matter what you're going through, if you don't want it for yourself, I don't care what you're going through. You have to make the decision. You have to be, I'm looking for the word and I can't fucking find it. You have to be like transactional. It's a word that I can't think of right now. Yeah. And, uh, into to making your life better. If you want your life better, no matter what you do, you have to take the steps to make it better. No matter how bad it is. 
part of that comes with like your exposure too, like we were speaking to earlier. Cause like for me, I was in a college gear program. So I was going on college tours every summer. My friends in the hood, they don't know what a damn college, they don't even, they ain't even think mm-hmm. about college. Don't even they, care. That's the last thing on their mind. <laughs> so me going on a college tour, you know, that exposed me to different. Me going out of state. Some of my friends, they first time traveling damn last year and we in our 20, late 20s. Yep. So, you know, me going out of town, being exposed to different people, like that's what made me decide like, okay, there's something else out there. Now I should go get that instead of staying here. Some people don't know, like you would be mm-hmm. amazed. They really don't know that there's something else. There's another choice that you got the power to make the choice. A lot of people really do not know that. Facts. And a lot of people do freaking know it. They just scared. They too scared. Yeah. They for real. A lot of people do know when they scared, though, just because like uh, he said it earlier and everything, though, like uh, some people just they scared to be nobody yep. when they used to be in what they is. When you you know, what I'm saying when you grow up in the hood, you got respect. You didn't did this. You didn't did that. And everybody rather it's being a shooter or a money getter or whatever you or just being you. Everybody know you. Everybody respect you for being whatever you is. And when you go to that different environment or you stop doing whatever it was you were doing before, nobody treats you the same. Or you go to a new place, nobody know you. You ain't getting that Facts. You same start respect. Over. <laughs> and it's a You're motherfucker starting so. over. Nigga, when I went to Alabama State, I'm like, nigga, I'm just a normal-ass fat kid now, nigga. I got <laughs> yeah. to start all over. I gotta get. I gotta try to max these bitches all over again. Same thing when I got to Western shit. Although I did get yeah. some help when I crossed that way. I cro- I pledged my first semester, so <laughs> I was good. But you wasn't cool last Big E no more than play football, <laughs> basketball, you rap know what I'm with the uh, with the thugs. <laughs> <laughs> you you know wasn't cool E no more. <laughs> I had to. I had to reinvent my. I reinvented myself. I'm still reinventing myself. That's how I got to doing this podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's if you want change, you have to you have to do it. I'm gonna reinvent myself again in a in a couple right. couple months. You know what I'm saying? Who knows? Exactly. A lot of people ask me why I keep sticking with the name Nunu. You know what I'm saying? But that's because, like, for one, I admired that name because I really transformed from a person. Y'all remember when I, y'all first met me? For one, being from Ben Harbor. I'm used to knowing dragging, everybody. I was dragging your ass out of parties from beating up <laughs> girls and shit, man. Whatever. I'm used to knowing everybody, though. So when mm. I first got there, it was like people used to be all extra fucking friendly, like, oh, hey. And I used to be like, I don't fucking know you. Why are you talking to me? Type shit. And that's just because where I'm from, I know everybody. You know what I'm saying? So that was like the type of culture shock for me. But yeah. How you get the how you get the Nuno name? They gave it to me. The Sigmas actually gave it to me because the, when the movie ATL came out, for one, they used to always say, had his accent and I'm country. And then I used to imitate the girl all the time. So they just gave me that name. Thanks. But I want to keep the name because, like I said, I, that uh, that was a transformation for me being like, I made the decision to go to college. Because just like DQ said, none of my people went to college, had, you know what I'm saying, had no experience. I decided that I wanted to do something different and be a different person. And just like he said, I'm deciding that today and I feel like I'm going to continue to evolve into a different person. So I'm going to keep that name because I'm always going to be on the new, new shit. shit. And that's all that's like, but that's not even, that's not even no materialistic shit, but that's just yeah. within myself, like trying to elevate higher within myself, not even uh, on like that, things man. that I can have that's tangible, but mental, physical and spiritual on some new 
every all the time. Facts. This week's episode is sponsored by the Design Lab at Shutter Shock and Co. From logos and business cards to invitations and custom tees, the Design Lab is your one-stop shop for graphics. The Design Lab is the sole creator for copacetic merchandise. Available now. Use your promo code copacetic for 10% off your copacetic merchandise. Shop now using the link in our bio. to the podcast moving into our next segment the email of the week keep sending your emails to the copacetic hour at gmail.com or visit our website www.thecopacetichour.com and please make sure you create your own copacetic hour clip maybe using the video or using the audio from the podcast and use the hashtag TCH fan of the month to win your free copacetic hoodie. We've chosen a winner every month. Make sure you make your clip and get it out there. This week for the email of the week, dear TCH, the copacetic hour. I recently found out that my fiance has a criminal history. <laughs> When she was in high school and college, she was arrested on felonious assault charges. Mm. Three separate charges and three separate arrests. I literally only <laughs> found out because I wondered what would come up when I Googled her. The third link was her name and arrest records and says she served three years in prison. Damn. I want to bring it up because I want to know the story. But I don't know how to approach it. I feel different around her now. Like there's a whole other life she's lived that I have no idea about. Should I bring it up? If so, how? Thanks, y'all. Please help me out. Wait, you Dude. said wife, right? He married her? He's his fiance. fiance. And he, what you mean you want to bring it up, but you don't know how? That's a whole like, conversation. What is he talking about? Yeah, oh, I think he needs to bring that up. <laughs> like he be so soft. <laughs> oh, it's like you don't have to be disrespectful about it. You just be honest. You just let her know, like, hey, you know, I ran across <laughs> this. You know what happened? Why you I know? I ran why across this. Yeah. No, I'm gonna be like, what's this? <laughs> I ain't gonna be like, I ran across this. I'm like, what's this about? Right. <laughs> you about to marry her? She your fiance? Yeah. What's this about? So soon, that, I, soon as I see it, I'm screenshotting it to you. We not with each other, or I'm saying something when we get home. What the hell is this? Like, so y'all wouldn't feel like he was, you know, background checking her. No, anything like that. Y'all wouldn't feel way about if that? your fiance got a problem with that. You don't need to marry her. Exactly. That's a fact. That's a fact. No, if she no, got a problem, no, why? why? No, what about trust? Weird. If you're doing a background check on, on your girl before you marry her, what about trust? That's, that you, ain't weird. Got, all right, look. That's not weird at all. Why hey, you right, do look. a background if check you, before you even date Before you marry her, <laughs> I'm going to do that shit while if we you date, knew, let alone, but, you know what I'm saying? Nah, but if you knew you was a four-time felon and <laughs> your fiance <laughs> did a background <laughs> check on you after you proposed to her, she said, yeah. And a couple weeks later, she's like, let me, before we get too close, let me, 
You gonna say she weird? Nah. No, I'm just saying. I, I'm looking at it like this: if, if if there's somebody I'm about to marry, nine times out of ten, we didn't already share stories like that. So she hiding something for one. Facts. So, I mean, I just but feel like gonna ask her it, about it. No, I'm gonna ask her about it for sure. But I think I think another thing with the felonious assault. I mean, that's that's not getting that <laughs> shit confused. That's just. That's just threatening somebody. That's not like you yeah. actually did some shit. And that's so what that's I was like, thinking. Like, what if she went to? I mean, but you could have waved the weapon too. You could have, you could have yeah. waved the weapon right in front of him for felonious assault, though. You could have had yeah. the weapon on you, though, for yeah. real. But that's, yeah, that's even right. more reason to ask if you think it was nothing. Exactly. If threatening somebody, why don't you want to ask him about yeah. threatening somebody? That's even more. And was it a male or a female too? I want to know all that though. So like, the way it read, yeah. I, I read it. I'm thinking it's a man, not one. I'm about to say that's. If I'm if I'm asking anything, if, she, if I'm if I'm asking anything, <laughs> did you get charged in, in, in a domestic dispute yeah. with felonious assault? Because then I probably shouldn't be fucking with your ass. But if right. you just got right. through with some girls at the club or something, and you waved your knife or you you know what I'm saying, you waved a little the pocket burner, it's like all right, I get that. Well, she said it happened in high school. It said that she. Yeah, that's a fight, bro. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe Mom, she went to a wrong for school high school though? or whatever. It said that she had. If it happened in high school, though, I still gotta ask about it. But yeah. ain't no, it ain't as big of a deal. High school shit. And that's what yeah, I, that's right. why it might be what he thinking. Like nigga, this had happened when I was a kid. What but do you, it matter now? But it still means some though, because it means she got it in her. Yeah. All right. I would just bring it up, even if you're <laughs> not worried. About but I want to know. Either way, go. I want to know. Yeah, just so there ain't no secrecy or nothing. I would just yeah. bring it up, right? Even if you're not worried. That's the quality of me, man. That that shit gonna make me love Look. you even more. Right. I don't question nigga, nobody. You're right. Yeah, you're, I don't, yeah, you're, you're up the Tuli. You're up the Tuli on the hey, Exactly. And and I don't question nobody, but if we getting married and I see that, I gotta ask. Yeah, yeah. That's life. I don't gotta be friends with you for life, but what you mean? Facts. <laughs> when I first moved to the first man I dated in Georgia, I did a background check on him. He lied oh, about you crazy. You just he crazy. He has no no, as a woman, you got to be cautious. Why you got to be cautious as a woman, though? Why a man don't got to be cautious? I wasn't even going in to be like, okay, I'm going to do a check on him. He had stalking, multiple stalking charges in different states. He had drug charges. Wow. He was two years older than what he told me he was. How long was y'all dating? How long was y'all dating before you did that? Probably like two months. It was like Okay. I'm about to say, don't tell me no two weeks. No, nah, it was like, <laughs> no week. And I, I, didn't, I, I didn't pulled this back like you crazy. Like, somebody tell me my permanent address after two weeks, and he was a dude. Damn. Was you got to leave him. Person. You got to leave him. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. If somebody looking into you a week or two, or somebody looking into your, all your personal business, you got to let that go. Because they crazy. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Now, months, months. And marriage and all that stuff—that's different. Like you gotta know who you are gonna be with for the rest of your life, or who I'm gonna be with for so many years. But if you man, a week pass and you like experience, <laughs> I want to look somebody up after a week after having that experience. Shit, it make me want to. I think the only thing with that though, don't is do it. Like, once once you put yourself in a mindset where I want to look for something, that shit not gonna stop until you find something. So you are gonna yeah. constantly be trying to just look, look like it has to be something under the surface. And, and and when you kind of get your mind thinking like that, the smallest no. shit will trigger you. Like, but you know did you hear it though? You lied but about did you this. hear it though? But did you hear it though? She said there was a couple months, right? See how that fucked up the future? 
<laughs> that fucked up the future. I did not say I did. You looked up and seen a, a psycho, so now everybody. <laughs> What's your name, Daryl King? <laughs> I said it make me want to do it now. I did not say I did. <laughs> that's why you don't okay, do that. Like, that's gonna fuck your future up. God damn. That's gonna fuck your future up. <laughs> I'm bad. My I didn't miss that. your next husband because you didn't. You want that? Though. <laughs> you tell me that. Uh, not a stalker. Right. Not a fucking stalker. With multiple charges all across the United States and shit. There are also red flags with him. Okay, but if you couldn't have looked him up, what, what, how, have you, how would you have gone about that though? Kept dating him until he did some crazy shit. I would but you said he showed you red flags though. <laughs> to get back on subject, <laughs> <laughs> it would bother me that uh, that she is that she went to prison for two years and you didn't say shit. Like, why haven't you ever talked to me about you going to prison? How you gonna present it though? Tell me, tell me what you gonna do, E. We're gonna be butt naked, right? <laughs> Whoa! I'm he skipped through a bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah, we're gonna be butt naked, like damn. <laughs> 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 like damn, what? Keep going, man. I, I'm, I'm gonna be, we're gonna be butt naked. I'm gonna slide in. And I'll be like, so you went to what? prison? <laughs> nah, you tripping, bro. You tripping, bro. <laughs> bro you gonna ask that's so you went to prison. I'm gonna slide in and what? You went to prison, baby? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I, I was like, Googling your name, headass. If, if, if she lying about prison, if she lying about Why prison, back about ass. a bunch of shit. What happened? You gonna be... What, what happened? You gonna be smacking her ass like, mm-hmm. what you doing going to prison, baby? <laughs> What happened? <laughs> no, nah, bro, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, but bro, you just got to sit down with her and y'all just got to have a talk. You got to man up and just have a talk with her, bro. At dinner, though? Yeah, no you talk. definitely got to address that. For yeah, sure. At dinner, I would have dinner. Just make dinner for her, some shit. If you just gonna be your wife, bro, you got to be able to talk about anything. I love well, that I'm in a relationship where I can be vulnerable with my wife. I don't have to like think about she going to think I'm some whole ass nigga. You know what I'm saying? Cuz I'm I could tell her my deepest fears and thoughts and feelings. But do you, know you care saying? if she think you a whole ass nigga if you look some shit up like that? No, not at that time. <laughs> no. But I'm just saying like That's what I'm if, saying. If, I'm asking. If she's going to be your wife though, you got to be able to be vulnerable like that. You to me, as no, a man, she's got to be vulnerable. As a man, like we go through a lot of shit in the world where we got to be these tough ass niggas. You know what I'm saying? Somebody come at my wife, now I got to kill a nigga. So when it's just me and her, I need to be able to be vulnerable. If I if I have that in me, it's not saying that's something that is all the time. But if I have a moment where I need to be, I need to be comfortable being like that around you. Let me I hear from well, I, I, Let me I, hear from BQ. I think that's my biggest fear, though, bro. And I know that like, shit me, deep, I bro. Like, hey, no, what's your biggest fear? I think I think that's my biggest fear as far as being a hundred percent open and vulnerable with somebody because I don't think it's a light switch. Because naturally, I'm already a private person. Naturally, I'm already 
I keep all my business to myself. I don't have a heavy presence on social media and shit like that. And it's like people would think otherwise just because of some of the situations that I've been in and just college and all that shit. Naturally, I'm I'm I love being by myself. So me being with somebody, I'm super hesitant on sharing too much of anything with them. You know what I'm saying? Prison for sure. You know what I'm saying? That's some shit you gotta talk to your partner about. Facts. But I just think I I don't think it's a light switch with me, man. I think that's gonna be my biggest struggle when it comes to like marriage and just being. But how how you gonna present this situation though? How you gonna present you? Are right, you proposed and and within a month? You look some shit up like that, and you see she didn't shit almost the joint. That shit almost, you, how you? It's, 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 I, I think with me, it's, it's what's your next step? Though it's almost a deal breaker for me because it's like if you lied about prison, you lied about a bunch of other shit already. Wait, wait, how you know, you know she lied about it just because she ain't told you about it? That's a lie. That's lying. <laughs> That's a lie. Damn. That's lying. <laughs> Damn. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it's just like so I'm a liar. You, know, like, you was in prison. <laughs> Man, hell no. And I know for a fact I didn't. <laughs> hey, 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 so I'm a lying ass nigga. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. Hey, that, hey, hey, that's why this nigga asking all these questions, bro. I, I do yeah. <laughs> I gotta let you know. I gotta leave this shit on my heart. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm cutting that part out too. <laughs> they like that's lying, bro. <laughs> he the realest nigga I know, though. He be telling this like everything. <laughs> See, I can't do that shit, bro. Like I, I, think, I feel like, like DQ. I, I, I feel like my, my finances, all that shit, gotta be like my business, like. Like how much money but, I got, how much money—that's my business. It's hard for me to share those type of things with, with a partner. But that's not, a deal breaker, even before you wife. talk to her about it. No, I mean it's a deal breaker if I gotta find out and we about to get married. So you wanted her to tell you she did three years back in the day before you even proposed. She didn't know you was gonna propose. Man, listen, know? a nigga like me, hey, a nigga like me, I'm gonna drag my feet anyway. I ain't, I ain't proposing off the jump when we first get together. So. <laughs> So you gonna have 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 a couple years to, uh, to get that to get story that out, here, right? So. Facts, hey, facts. Yeah. hilarious. All right, so go ahead end the podcast there. I think we need to get this group together and do a part two. You know what I'm saying? Um, give them y'all hit up. Let them know where they can find y'all. Anything y'all got going on? Promote yourself. Get about a thousand listens every episode. Follow me on Instagram at underscore I M A N I Watson W A T S O N, and I have a book coming out this December. It's called Imani Means Faith, so please be on the lookout for that, and you can find all the information on my Instagram. Um, it was a pleasure once again. It's always great to be on here. Thank you for the platform. Um, you can check me out on Twitter at by C Y. Um, book me for your mobile bartending needs, birthday parties, baby showers, holidays, whatever, uh, mood switch. Um, yeah. Thank you for having me again. We definitely got to do a part two. Um, you guys can find me on Instagram. My personal Instagram is at sincerely.new and in is, uh, and new is N U E E. And my blog page or is the newsstand T H E N U E S S T A N D. Hit her up. 
Malamito at Lifestyles Apparel. You can go to Lifestyles Aesthetics Tool. I did the website. It's www.com. Either or. Lifestyles. Either way. Just follow me at that. Money to be made with the number two. All that. Facts. Uh, it's your boy DQ, man. Follow me uh, on Instagram, uh, Twitter, DQ underscore 11. Um, group home here in Kalamazoo. Dream living group homes uh, for mental health and behavior stabilization. Um, so if you have anybody that's in need of shelter, youth, not no grown ass man, but in need of shelter, hit me up. <laughs> I'm on the way. I'm on the, <laughs> hey, let me hey <laughs> send me the info. <laughs> hey, no, nah, if you got kicked out some conversation, I can't help you. But um and also um real estate as well, man. If you if I buy any any type of houses, if you're trying to Get rid of a house, you know, somebody that's going to foreclosure, tell them to hit me up, man. And I'll buy your house from you, so you ain't got to worry about none of that bullshit. Facts. My name's Alicia. Thank you again for having me on the show. Can't wait for part two as well. Um, I got too much going on. You can follow me on Instagram, bohemian.hippie.chick. Um, if you want stuff to look at, to laugh at, or to be inspired by different things. So, yeah. Facts. Facts. I am your host five. You can hit me up at on IG at the notorious underscore B I G underscore E or hit up the podcast Instagram at the copacetic hour or hit up the podcast Twitter at copacetic hour or hit up our website www.thecopacetichour.com. We're going to leave you with our mantra. Please protect your peace, secure your wealth and define your destiny. This is the copacetic hour. You're Peace. tuning in to the Copacetic Hour. This is the